Welcome to the Prepping Patriots Podcast. Oh, what is up, everybody? Happy, 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 happy Thursday. And before I get into anything of what we're going to be talking about tonight, I need to rant because what I just came from is a primary example of why should you really watch what your kids learn in school, okay? We went to this oh, school choir. We went to this school choir concert, right? And I'm like, okay, we've gone to one of these before. Went to the school choir concert. And I didn't know what it was about, the theme or whatever. So we're we're um we're getting there. The kids get up and they start talking. Like the kids are introducing the show and all that other good stuff. And it was about Earth Day. Like the whole thing was about Earth Day, which I, you know what? I'm, I'm all about Earth Day. Like I'm all about Earth Day. Nope. I, I love Earth Day. Love Earth Day. Okay. Um, and it started out like the first like couple paragraphs of their intro were starting about like how uh, the Earth is warming and all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh, God, if this even turns into one of these like woke, like the Earth is warming because of fossil fuels and all that like i'm i i don't know how i was gonna react i was literally like ready to pull my kid out of school right then there but luckily as in a text to cam i'm like i'm about to i'm about to lose my crap right now but as the show went on it must have just been that first whoever was writing writing the script for this thing must have probably realized oh we probably don't want to uh get too political with children uh with parents because you know in wisconsin we're, we're a little bit more at least where i'm at we're, we're kind of like a little bit more lean to the right so it ended up being not not terrible um so i i, I by the end of the show i was like okay they they didn't make this about like left-wing politics and all that stuff about the earth and you know bad fossil fuels and we should all go solar and all that stuff so uh, i was it was okay but oh that's good I, it was it was it was it was fine. I but I was getting ready to like my sheepdog was getting ready to just go off on somebody if it were just going to go that way. But I can only imagine like as Earth Day's coming up next week and schools are doing like concerts and things with the kids, it might be a good idea to ask your kids, "Hey, have you guys talked about Earth Day and you know, what you kind of learn about it and and see kind of do a little do a little temperature test on what they're what the what the schools are telling them that's all i'm saying about that so we're not going to get into like the politics of all that i just i had a little rant we're actually gonna be talking about some substance tonight not news or anything that we're gonna get into like some prepping stuff um because cam and i were talking and the title of this the this this the show was like why we do what we do like why why we started this and like getting back to the roots of like why we are streaming out our shows and things like that and Mm-hmm. We don't want this to become like another one of those shows that just talk about the news and politics and just rant about that. Like there's plenty of that garbage out there. Um, there's plenty of the yeah. fear mongering of like, hey, the economy's crashing. You need to start prepping. And here's how it's like, OK, there's plenty of that. We might touch on it here and there, but that's not the primary drive and focus of of what we're trying to accomplish here. Like we want to give real substance on like, hey, tonight we're going to probably talk a little bit about some gardening stuff, maybe some rain collection. And like I'm going to show you some pictures of my setup and we'll, we'll kind of get into all that. But like substance like that where you can like take away some thoughts and some ideas and maybe some inspiration, learn from our mistakes, you know, stuff like that, like more educational things. So we're kind of resetting i think we're resetting tonight so in any case that that was my monologue in my opening and to add to what you just said i really like 
personally focusing on those little things. If we talk about water, if we talk about supplies, if we talk about bug out bags or something like that. I mean, if you go back to our podcast about the bug out bag, it was exciting going through and showing here's what I've got. Here's what I've spent a lot of time putting together, putting the time and energy and thought process into it. And that's just more exciting to me as we do these podcasts is just going to just bring up a topic. You're going to know things. I'm going to know certain things that knowledge shares where, uh, people thrive and build so and i think today uh, to even as of like this week when i was looking at that's still our number one watched and listened to podcast was that bug out bag one like yeah probably which tells me that people you know don't really care about the ranting of the news and all that other stuff like they want substance so we want to give we want to give the people what they want we want to give them substance so yep I'm excited where, for this. So where's my where's my I need my I need my water. Nope. Nope. It's an Arnold Palmer night. Yes, I do drink Arnold Palmer straight from the jug. Um don't judge me. I don't care. Nobody else in my house drinks Arnold Palmer, so why there, waste a glass? Somebody called it something else the other day and oh gosh, what was it now? A shiny? Something shiny. Uh what? Shiny tea? Shiny tea. When I heard it, I was like, that's the most ridiculous uh, (laughs) name for it I've ever heard. It's Arnold Palmer. Everybody knows it's Arnold Palmer. But they were trying to give it a new name for like lemonade and tea mix. Um, Or they gave it a new name because, you know, they didn't like Arnold Palmer. He said he made made a statement or something that somebody didn't like and they're trying to they're trying to change it now. Probably. Who knows? Who knows? You okay. should show this picture because that makes me think of, uh, you know, you should actually know where things come from. And uh, this picture, you know, when somebody says, you know, do you have any corn syrup? <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not, you know, putting a tap into some corn and, and you know, getting your syrup that <laughs> way. So, syrup. you know, just spend some time knowing where your food comes from that's funny how things actually are that's funny uh, this is a meme yeah. right this isn't real yeah no it's totally a meme but somebody was like hey it's that time of year guys gotta get your corn syrup <laughs> got, got, get your corn syrup out oh my gosh oh but it looks uh, real. oh for those that aren't seeing what we're seeing um there is a older gentleman kneeled down in a row front of a row of corn and he's tapped each stalk of corn and has a little tiny white bucket hanging from it <laughs> where it's now pouring the <laughs> the corn syrup is going into the little buckets and then he's pouring those little buckets into a five gallon pail so anyways i saw that it was hilarious i needed to, to save that picture so but it is almost like corn corn i should have brought my chart with me you probably have yours but it's almost time to start planting corn <sighs> corn here in the next uh, month or so um may 14th is my last frost so um the only thing i got in the ground right now is potatoes and um hopefully it doesn't frost i mean they're pretty frost hardy but you know we'll we'll see but yeah corn should be coming up pretty soon um i got tomatoes in the starters in the uh, basement may 14th that's when my last frost date is I don't know about yours. I don't know if we're in the same zone or not. Um, I think I'm 6B. I don't, um, know. I don't know. But it's um, it's basically the 
day after Mother's Day or Mother's Day is our yeah. last cross day. Some, somewhere like that. Day before. If you wait till about Mother's Day, most of the time you're safe. You're safe there. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, I know I mentioned this last podcast. Like you know, I'm doing a lot of garden prep. I expanded my garden like ungodly bigger this yeah. year. Um, I can't wait to see some pictures. Yeah, which you said so, you're gonna be getting right. So where are you gonna? Where, where should we put those? Should we put those in Discord or? We're gonna have it, somewhere to dump them. Oh yeah, we can dump some pictures in, in Discord. I want to kind of do like the pictures will show just like because I, I have pictures of last year because we did a raised beds last year and combination mm-hmm. of raised beds and then bucket gardening last year because we just moved in. It was the first season here, so we just want to get something in the ground. So I got the process of doing the raised beds. You know, put cardboard on the ground, put topsoil, plant, and it, it and it worked out pretty good this year. Like we went all and just tilled everything. Um, but I wanted to see. I- if um if we should just instead of because i know we have the signal group like we got a couple people in the signal group maybe we should just like migrate everybody to discord i don't know i was we should be doing just discord i mean i was using yeah i was doing a uh for those that don't know um i don't know if it was even signal wasn't it uh was it signal yeah it was signal um we had a i have a prep and patriots news board in there where I was putting information, random things that I found, but I'm actually starting to put all that information into the news section on Discord. Yeah. You can download the app. It's it's free. Just create a free account, log into it. But um, it's just easier to have everything categorized in there. If you want to look at news, if you want to look at gardening, if you want to look at medical kits, if you want to look yeah. at whatever, we've got all those categories there. Yeah. You click on the channel that's interesting to you and see everything that about it there. there. So uh, that's, that's where I'm going to be expanding and yeah, more so content. I think we'll, so I think we'll, that's, we should both we'll keep that. signal up for a little bit, but eventually we'll sunset that and just move over to Discord because yeah. it's just too much. We'll just to keep that for our our back end conversations. Yeah, back end. We'll, we'll keep it for our back end stuff, but for now we'll just from a from a listener standpoint and a viewer standpoint, we'll we'll hit up Discord. So cool. Oh, anyway, and by the way, when you were talking about your garden and all the things you're doing, I finally got a chance to walk outside today after work at about seven o'clock, and. Um, neighbor is getting rid of a bunch of stone he's like i have nowhere to put this and i said i'll take it because i still need to build up my third garden bed i can lay it all out as a bottom layer for that bed after put some cardboard and stuff down and then it's going to take up some space so i could put dirt on top and i don't have to fill with as much dirt yeah um i went back there and this winter was brutal i mean the amount of snow ice winds whatever that we got my beds are wrecked and they're concrete beds. I figured, oh, they're fine. They're way up. They weigh a lot. Uh, yeah, so you did a cinder block, right? We did. A, yeah, we did a lot of cinder block. Actually, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got a picture here. You want to share my yeah, screen? Here we go. I, um, this is what we ended up putting together. And this is what it looked like when we first started. I just have a bunch of yard. Um, uh, I have irrigation under here to run, or not irrigation, but um, uh, drainage to get the water to the back. But for some reason, it was raining so much that the water was going back to the foundation. And so my sub pump just kept on running and running and running. So I, I ended up getting all these PVC pipes to shoot the water out to the very far back of the yard to not come back to my pump. But this is what the yard started off as. And as of last year, I got it to this. So two full garden beds, um, two brick high for cement blocks, and some uh, 
cattle panels. Um, and it was a great garden. I mean, it was all perfect and straight and all that kind of stuff. I'll have to take pictures today or tomorrow. Well, not today. It's too late now. But uh, tomorrow, I'll take some pictures and post it. This whole wall right here has completely, like, almost fallen over. It's, like, at an angle, maybe, Ugh. like, a 45-degree angle. This wall of this bed is starting to fall over. Um, so lessons were learned, right? Sometimes yeah. we're like, oh, this is the best decision. We don't always know the best route for everything. We just watch content online, and we read about things, and we watch things, and try to come up with the best solution. Now I realize I should have uh gotten some rebar and yeah, put it right. into the holes every few blocks you know three or four blocks put some metal bars going all the way down into the ground to hold it in place because now that i have so much dirt in some of these areas it's it weighs so much i don't know yeah. if i can actually push the blocks up to straighten them up so i don't know what i'm going to do at this point but your decision on just tilling up the ground and just you know planting straight to the ground you know it's not going to be as easy on your back and all that kind of stuff when you're depending on the items that you're you're picking and harvesting but at the same point in time it's there <laughs> you know what i mean yeah <laughs> you yeah. don't have to worry about this kind of stuff where your bed falls apart and you have to rebuild it or whatever yeah the ground like my ground right now i mean it's 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 never been planted on it's you know I think it's I think this season it's going to be really really good and, and as subsequent seasons come after this season you know there's going to be some I got to make sure like I do cover crops in the fall and all that to kind of rejuvenate the soil for the next yeah. year like I got to get into all that because with raised beds you could do cover crops in some larger raised beds to rejuvenate the soil and all that stuff a lot of people just throw you know a couple bags of compost in there and mix it up in there and they're, they're good to go for the next year um but it's a good scenario, like your your scenario, let me bring up the screen again, like your scenario here, like you're in a backyard, right? I have two and a half acres, you're in a backyard. Most very people, limited space. Yeah, very That's limited going downhill. space. You know, if you have a backyard, you can easily do, like this is how, I mean, how much do those beds cost you to make? I mean, cinder block. I mean, that's what, a buck and a half a block or something? Um, No, I bought it when it was cheap, when wood was skyrocketing because of covid i got yeah. these blocks i think 30 cents a block or something like that so um i think all together i paid uh because i have a whole nother stack of blocks i think all together i paid like 350 bucks or 300 bucks but that's for i can't remember how many hundred blocks i ended up getting yeah <laughs> like 400 blocks or something like that I, i'll have to Look at my numbers again to see what I got. And those are big beds. But like, how long are those? Like, what are the dimensions of one of those the beds? The internal diameter of each bed is a four foot by 20 foot internal diameter. Okay. You can get a lot of crap in that. Yeah. I mean, so I did square foot gardening. And, like, for potatoes, all these potatoes over here, a potato takes one square foot. Uh, so I have 40 potatoes there, but I have every different kind. I mean, I've got tons of varieties in there from Kennebec's to Gener German butterballs to all reds, all blues, you name it, all purples. Um, cause I wanted to see what worked, what didn't work. Um, that's the thing about gardening is, you know, you can't just plant an orange tree and just expect it to thrive. You know, it depends on your area and what works and what yeah. weather elements you have. So I learned a lot. Last year was my first year and I went gung ho. Yeah. Farming, uh, you know, gardening. Yeah. This year, 
I'm probably going to get, an I've got another bed already started. I need to get it finished, built out. So you can see some of the blocks that are standing up here. Yeah, I see and that. And there's like a little dirt patch. It's just the vegetation was growing up so high, but I need to get the third bed in there. But it is going downhill, so I have to carve yeah. out into the hill to make it work properly. Um, and then we're going to get more trellises this year for sure. That oh. Trellises is the way to go. Vertical gardening. Vertical gardening, yeah. You need you need to invest in some cattle panels and T-posts on your property because the fact that it's growing up and you could just walk through and pick. I mean, I can't tell you. We went through this trellis every day, every other day, picking cucumbers. Yeah. I mean, it was growing like wildfire. So this year, we're probably going to do another three panels. Okay. And... uh we're doing regular cucumbers, we're doing green beans, we're doing peas, uh, pea pods, okay, snap peas, sugar sugar snap peas. Um, and then we're also going to do a certain section of it that's going to be um, cantaloupe okay. and might do a watermelon. We'll see. But Now, how did uh, you water all that? You just water at the root, at the base. You don't have to water, I mean... I mean, it you took a hose. You took roots. a hose out there, or you, I mean, yep. I so I just had a hose. So yeah, to your point. Um, before we started the podcast, we were trying to talk about what should we focus on for this. And so as we're getting into gardening, water is definitely a topic that comes up because how are you going to water everything? Um, you could use your water from your hose from your house, and your water bill is going to get high <laughs> or you can collect free water, but you got to know how you're collecting it. You got to have the space for it, that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, but so this year I didn't do any water rain collection to water my garden at all. Um, we just, we had hoses on either side of the house. Um, the hose on the right side of the house did this half of both garden beds and then the hose on the other side did the other half with the trellises and the trees. So okay. um, this year I've got, I bought all this stuff last year. I just never had the time to implement it. Yeah. But I've got two rain barrels. One has been in place. I've got a second one to put up front. And then I've got um, two IBC, uh, yeah, IBC totes. tanks yeah, that yeah, yeah. I'm getting from a neighbor. And uh, I'll be able to... I was trying to find a video or a picture, but I couldn't find one. I, I'm going to be putting a rain barrel up in the front of our house for rain collection. It's sure. very decorative. It looks nice. It'll blend in uh, with the property. But that's the thing that people have to keep in mind is, you know, the how vital water is. Whether it, it's yeah. raining, uh, whether it's maintaining a garden or just having a backup source of water. I mean, we live off water. So yeah, that's um, huge. Just put it around places that are gonna, are gonna look decorative, or look at some space that's not being used. Um, I've got a video here where um, I couldn't find a picture of my backyard, and I just needed something. But underneath my deck, I have so much space that was just being wasted because I mean, I just put like a Christmas tree under there <laughs> one year because I forgot to take it to the dump on time. Yeah. Uh, yes, let's use those rain barrels and save our water bill, says Jamie Holt. Uh, totally agree. Um, That's Mrs. So, Prep and Patriot. <laughs> Mrs. Prep and Patriot. Uh, so we we used one rain barrel, um, and I all I used that rain barrel for was just watering like the little plants, like strawberries yeah. or the things that were up on the back deck. That's pretty much all we used it for. Yeah. Uh, but 
I plan on digging out the rest of this dirt here underneath our uh, back deck. Underneath the deck. Installing the two IBC totes. Underneath the deck. They're out of sight. They're out mm -hmm. of mine. They're collecting a crap ton of water. Yeah. And then I can disperse that. Now, I'm probably going to have to get some pumps and that kind of stuff. And that's where I think you will yeah. have really good... Um, yeah. demonstration on that so. yeah so i can get into that um before i do though when you get your if your ibc totes you know if you do that because that's what i do i have ibc totes i looked into getting like a you know a 3500 gallon just black tank but they're like three grand and i can't find anybody to deliver them they're huge they're gigantic. they hold yeah. so much water so they're huge I can't find one, so I'm just considering buying IBC totes like that. Um, and they're used on Facebook. I mean, the only thing, like when you're on Facebook and you're trying to look at them, um, like the guy I buy them from, um, he sells them dirt cheap. Like food grade, they had they had Pepsi syrup in them or Coke syrup in them. He he, he, he goes twenty bucks a piece. I'm like, I'm gonna take twelve. So as soon as you get more, yeah. text me. Here's money for twelve right now. Um, but what a lot of people do, because you can't just throw water in one of those totes because they're white, algae will grow. So you, you either want to paint them or I found on Amazon, they have IBC tote covers. They're just sleeves that go over yeah. the entire thing. Black and, and black, I, I just black use Black cloth, those. no sunlight. I just use those because yep. you don't want algae growing into your water. Um, and then I also have some, fil I have some filtration. Um, I have some filtration on mine. Let me actually pull up. Oh, uh, before you do, one, one last thing I want to bring up. Um, Look in your area. So you were talking about uh, a local person having IBC totes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. There are a lot of things in your area where you can get free rain barrels or free totes. Uh, you just got to do some digging and actually look into it. Our neighborhood association posted a our local, um, you know, hundred uh, our local utilities company said, "Hey, we're giving out free rain barrels." So you just have to tell us. Like we have some guidelines that we created, like, hey, try to use your water at nighttime rather than during the day where it's going to evaporate a lot faster or do this, mm -hmm. or do this or do this just to keep people more conscious about saving water. Yeah. But we were able to get a free. I think we got it was between the blue, brown and green. I think we ended up going with the brown one in the long run. But um, we got a brown 55 gallon rain barrel with an attachment and a base for it yeah that's, so that, that's, for free that's cool. didn't have to do anything um and you will and I, you will be of course so, can't find the photo you'll be so surprised of um how fast that will fill up um yes mine when i had my like I when, it, of course when we lived in ohio I had a bunch of 55 gallon drums. We lived in kind of a neighborhood um, and in the back I had, and I probably have pictures. I just don't want to look for them right now. But anyway, it ended up being like, I don't know, maybe four or 500 gallons worth of water out of 55 gallon uh, food grade drums. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't even catching water off the entire roof. It was just catching water off like our sunroom. Right. And yeah. within like one good rainstorm, will almost fill that entire thing full. You uh, People don't realize how much water comes off of a roof, right? So I did this, I, knowing that, because Ohio was kind of like, when we lived there, was kind of like my test run of like water collection because I always had in mind, like I wanted a big garden, but I also wanted an emergency supply of water. 
then I started researching, Hey, can you drink rainwater? And there's like people in Arizona that that's all they drink. Like their entire property mm -hmm. is just rain collection and they pee or they, and they drink it. They use it for washing dishes. I mean, they filter it all. They, they run it through a whole house filter, but they, they do that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. so yes, you can drink rainwater and yes, it's a great, that your roofs are great collection sources for rain now some people live in like your hoa sounds like it's pretty relaxed some people a lot of people live in hoas that are like hitler <laughs> like yeah no ours is like... not relaxed um the 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 rain barrel it's because it's decorative and that kind of okay. stuff that's the only way i can have it up front uh, but like i have the rain barrel that i do have in place right now we have two rain barrels total one that we just got for free it's still sitting in the garage because it was in september or november okay. so it was already starting to snow wasn't going to set it up because that's a waste of time and i don't want to damage it but yeah. the one we do have is currently sitting on my, on my back deck that i've got tied into my downspout uh -huh. um but for those ibc totes i have to basically hide them because if they find out like oh you got these big ugly things if i yeah. had them on the side of the house i'd get reported to the you know whatever so yeah um we can't yeah, have yeah. animals. We can't have anything that looks ugly. Um, I, I tried putting a garden bed on the side of my house. Uh, I had people, just the cement blocks on the side of the house. And people were like, that's not decorative stone. It doesn't look like your house. You can't put that on the side of your house. I, I mean, I one drive-by, they were already complaining about it. So yeah, I refuse to live in an HOA. Refuse to live in an HOA. I know. Well, I I've never had issues with HOA until I started you know, growing up and wanting to do, I want to be self, self-sustaining yeah, and independent. Yeah, you want to be self-sustainable. I can't be self-sustaining and independent now. Yeah, you know, you have an HOA. Like, so it's like us, you know, we're, yeah, we're on two and a half acres, but our municipality is pretty, I mean, we don't live in an HOA, but they're like, I can't, I need to go in front of a city board and get approval when I, when I finally decide to put my solar system up and outside. Mm -hmm. oh. Um, yeah, we, I, we can't do solar panels on our roof. Um, uh, we can't do solar panels. We can't yep. do turbine, wind turbines. We can't. It's, we can't do anything. Yeah, and uh, that's that's you know some people would say that's getting into more of a control thing, but you know we're not going to go down that road. So in any case, um, yeah. So your 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 setup is a good example of like people who have a house, own a house, have a backyard. Maybe they live in an HOA. These are some these are some things that uh, like tips and tricks that you can do to like instead of running your water bill up to water that brand new cinder block mm -hmm. garden that you bought uh, and made and spent all that work on. Um, you can just collect rain, rain and rain on a garden will make it grow. There's nothing special yep. about it. So um, we did something. <clears throat> We did something a little bit different. So we live on two and a half acres, almost three acres. Um, and we are in a we are in a kind of a suburban town. We're not we're not out in, you know, the uh, rural area. We're in like a suburban town. We just happen to manage to find a property that actually has land left in this and got a super sweet deal. We jumped on it. So I got super lucky, but it's a perfect it's a perfect place for what kind of we want to do. So la we moved in last February and immediately I was like, I want to do a garden this year, but I didn't have like, I didn't have a tractor. I didn't have any way to till. I didn't have anything. So I had to start thinking about ways to like, how can I do a garden? 
I want to do a big garden and I was pricing out, well, if I just do, if I do what Cameron did and, you know, do cinder block and all that, you know, I, I can do that. But then I start looking at just like, it's like, per, or is it permaculture? Permaculture style? Well, basically you use yeah. cardboard. You just lay cardboard on the ground over the grass. You just lay it on the grass, right? You throw mm-hmm. dirt on top of it and you can grow stuff. Kill all the grass and off. And, yeah. Yep. Kill all the grass off and you'll just grow stuff. So that's basically what we we did so me my wife and my daughter we 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 got outside we put a bunch of cardboard down we started our i i built like this frame i did a frame yeah two by fours just so the gardens would be like somewhat uniform so i built this frame we grabbed my truck we had some dirt delivered we shoveled the truck we shoveled dirt in the truck then drove the truck out back um and we we just we did we did that for the first year and it ended up looking and then we put like mulch uh, where then we put mulch in between um, mulch in between. So, so like walking paths and things like that. Yeah. And then we did a bucket. We also did a bucket garden because, you know, I couldn't plant really deep rooted crops that first year because they wouldn't penetrate the cardboard. But I heard, hey, you can plant stuff in buckets. So we went through and we did. We also did a bucket garden where we did corn and a cucumbers and all those bags or potatoes and this stuff like that so another idea you have if you don't want to invest the money into like building a cinder block garden or a raised beds or you don't want to touch your grass because yeah i mean or you're in a small space like if you're an apartment but you have a deck or a patio or something you go on, you can plant in a bucket like you can produce a lot of food in buckets um and they're cheap mm-hmm. you just go to you go to home depot you go to lowe's you drill some holes in the bottom you throw some dirt in there you plant in them and it works it just works um definitely so that's what we did last year and then um let me get to let me actually find uh that's what we did last year and then the other thing i did last year was uh, this is on the back side of our property. Um, so the very back side. So I'm like, oh my, I don't yeah. want to run like from the front of our house or the back of our house to that was a good 250 feet. Like to run hosing all out there. I mean, we're on a well system, so we're kind of ahead of the curve already because we don't we don't have a water bill. But that's a lot of hose to run out there. It's just a pain in and the butt. And that's a lot of water po- pole like you yeah. can drain your well and then it will collapse and you it's have a, to yeah you know, it's, it's just a lot of stuff so i'm like okay i do have in the middle of the property i have a, an external building kind of like a shop um that you can you know i my wood shop was in there and it's kind of right in the middle of the property and it's got a roof and gutter so i'm like i'm gonna do rain collection but i had to figure out how to get water from the shop out to the um out to the garden and a s- typical pump um I mean, you can do it with just a pump, uh, but the pumps required for me that had the pumping power, I needed like a transfer pump, which was like 400 bucks. And I want to do a transfer pump all the way out there. So I'm like, what's another way you can get water out to your garden without buying this super expensive pump? Um, and then I had an idea. We're on a well, and what happens with a well is you have the well that and a pump in the well that pumps water into what's called a pressure tank. It's just a tank of water a tank with a balloon in it that basically creates pressure about 60 PSI and holds it there. And that's what pressurizes all your lines in your house. And then when that drops below like 30 PSI or 20 PSI, it kicks the pump on. So the pump then can pump water back into the pressure tank and you maintain that pressure. I was like, well, can't I, 
there's no reason why I couldn't take that same concept and move it outside and use that for the garden. So that's what I did. So in this um, in this video, I won't play the audio. I'll just walk you through kind of what I did here. So this is kind of the concoction I came up with. So um, let me mute this so you don't hear it. So what you're seeing here is there's the pressure there's the pressure tank right there. Uh, it's just a real small is that your guy. IBC tote. Uh, yeah, the, the, the IBC tote's right next oh, yeah, to okay. the left. Um, but there's the pressure tank, real small guy, and I just I I just plumbed it all up to where this small little pump takes water from the IBC tote, pumps it into the pressure tank. The pressure tank then pumps it, uh, then pressurizes these three filters, and I just got uh, what do I got a 60 micron, 100 micron, and then I have this uh, fertilizer, um, automatic fertilizer in here. And that attaches to the hose that's on a timer, and every oh that's smart. And every day, like uh, I don't even have to go to buy your... oh, Yeah, because nice. then I would pump it out there. I'd pump the water out there, and um, that's the you know that's the first flush system. So water comes into the PVC pipe. This this pipe down here is what's called a first flush. So it collects the first ten gallons of cruddy water, and then it settles at the bottom and then it goes into the IBC tote. I got a screen up there to block any of the really big stuff. It worked really, really well. And the water that comes out of this thing was like crystal clear. Clear. Like if you look at that water, awesome. crystal clear, there's no color in that thing whatsoever. So these kind of the guts of it, but that's what I did. I just took a pressure tank with a pressure switch and that pumps water, and I don't know if I walk in the back or not. Yeah, this is just going through. How the much build. would you say like that setup costs? Like, that's pretty okay. extensive, in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty uh, extensive. So, so yeah, it it, it did. So like three hundred bucks. Yeah, I made a I made the comment of I didn't want to buy a four or five hundred dollar like transfer pump, um, but by the time this was all done, because I started having ideas, like this ended up costing me like three or four hundred bucks. Um, but it's it was. It was worth it because I always had pressure out at the garden at all times. Yeah. And I put things on a drip system. I had a split out there so I can run a hose if I needed to. Like I had water like all the time at the garden that was pressurized. And I didn't That's have awesome. to futz with turning a pump on, turning a pump off or anything like that. Um, and I don't think I go in the back. Yeah. And timer. And to your, your other point of uh, like a timer and always having it available uh, so Megan had stated in the, in the chat here, so we've talked about getting rain barrels, but not really sure what to do with them after the rain. Um, got a lot of things for you. So oh, <laughs> at least, gosh. you know, when, when it comes to gardening and that kind of stuff, very basic stuff like that. Sure. Um, but you can have it set up so that once it gets up to a certain point, it just goes right back into your, um, downspout. So it's never going to, you'll always have full capacity on water. Um, but I mean, if you, I, I can't remember if you've got dogs or not. I think you do. But if you've got dogs, you know, dogs like to play in the water. Uh, if you, for kids, if they want to play in a pool, um, my boys are always wanting to play uh, in water uh, during the summertime and that kind of stuff. I would love to not have to fill up a inflatable pool or whatever uh, in the future. But um Washing your cars, all sorts of stuff you could do with your water. So is she, do you it's think, just do, extra water. Does she, um, does she have a garden? Or is this just like, hey, I got some rain barrels I and I don't know what to do with the water because I don't have a garden. 
I don't know. So maybe you don't have to let us know if you've got a garden, but we can come up with all sorts of ideas for you on what to use your, your rainwater for. Yeah. But I mean, if you're um, not using, from, if, you're not, if, if you don't have a garden, right, you could, I mean, collecting rainwater is still a good idea if you're into prepping. Like yeah. you can take that rainwater and you can transfer that into, like we have, like my wife buys these four gallon jugs because we have a water dispenser. And we have all these empty four gallon water jugs. Like all the time we're throwing them away. I'm like, I use yeah. those, like I cut a lot of them last year for the for the bucket garden. I used them for, for planters. Um, but you could easily transfer rainwater into those for emergency water and then go get yourself yeah. like a Berkey, like you have, like a Berkey. So if you ever had to use it, you could just dump that into the Berkey and, say, and you're good to go. Yep. Um, if you've got any kind of water filtration system like a Berkey, uh, exactly. Uh, but the other point to this is, we're always trying to be prepared for certain scenarios. You never know when a storm is going to take out your power or there's yeah. lots of events out there. I can't go through all of them, but uh, having an emergency source of water on you at all times, that is an easy way to always have a collection of water on you. But so. I, I want to make a point though, even if you don't have a garden because you don't have the space or, you know, getting back to the whole bucket garden. Um, I mean, things grow. I mean, here is like, here's, Here's here's some of my bucket garden later in the season. Stuff is growing in that. Like stuff is growing in this garden. I mean, those are some lettuces. Uh, these are cucumber plants. I mean, are in and and here's some green bean plants. Like green beans are growing on those things. Um, this is all corn. The corn looks healthy. Nothing's dying. Like it's growing. Like stuff grows in buckets. Like if you don't have space, mm -hmm. this is proof here that you can grow stuff in buckets and. It works like it works. And I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. So I was just going to say um, another thing that people don't realize when it comes to growing and that kind of stuff is you don't have to be growing things outside. Um, there's hydroponics, there's aquaponics. Um, I've been wanting to get more and more into that from we, we've got a big basement um, with a lot of corners that are not being used or utility room that's not being fully utilized uh you can easily set up your rain collection to go into your house into a storage container um you could always do that as well but you can grow things inside as well yeah and have that, that water to use I for did that. that for years um, um but then that way you've got year-round growing uh i know people that do tomato plants um i think it's indeterminate or the non-bush ones that just continue to grow and grow. So as long as you have a light, um, a, you know, a green light to be able to keep growing your uh, garden inside. Yeah. You'll you just have, have to food. manually, <laughs> any fruiting plant, you have to manually sex it. Yeah. Um, um, but that, or, that's... or sorry. So lettuce, like yeah. you could always do like spinach or something like that, where it's just going to continually keep on coming up. Yeah. Anything so. green you could do. Cause I did, I did aquaponics. So the difference between aquaponics and hydroponics, Hydroponics is where you're you have a vat of water that's got a basically a solution or a mixture in of plant food. Um, it's you go mm -hmm. buy hydroponic mixes at the store, you dump it in some water. It's basically your plant food. Um, the consumable for that is the is the solution that you have to buy in order to feed those plants. I was really into this, you know, getting into self-sustainability. Like, I don't want to have to rely on consumables at the store. Because what happens if, like, there's a shortage or supply chains and I can't get the solution? I have this huge hydroponic setup. Like, I, you know, my plants are going to die because I don't have food for it. So I opted to go with aquaponics. And I experimented with aquaponics for 
about three years and it uh aquaponics it's another thing it it also it also works like here is here's a picture of like my aquaponics setup when i did this was in my sunroom this wasn't outside this is just in my sunroom i did um grow beds and that's uh hydrogen the little pellets there there's a whole system underneath that is my water but the differences between hydroponics and aquaponics is in that container underneath all that water there's fish in there so there's a bunch of goldfish mm -hmm. and the way aquaponics works and it sounds gross but this is nature people this is how things are done right nature. even outside in the garden you know you have bugs and all that stuff that do all their stuff to the plants to make them grow so basically how this works is the fish poop and pee in the water all right that creates yep. pneumonia pneumonia is really bad for plants It'll kill plants. The um, clay pellets you see in these in these uh, in these grow beds here, these clay pellets ha will eventually that that pneumonia uh, will eventually create microorganisms and stuff that convert that pneumonia uh, to what's called a nitrate, and that you know the nitrate kind of feeds uh, feeds that bacteria, and then that, it goes to another conversion process. Um, where it turns nitrates into nitrites, a lot of a lot of a lot of scientific stuff here. Um, but anyway, yeah. plants will use the nitrites as food, and they will grow. And then when they flush, when that water goes back into the fish, nitrites are not toxic to fish. So it's this whole ever cycle of fish pooping and peeing. And ecosystem. The, plants, the 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 microbiology, the ecosystem in there turns that into plant food. The plants eat the food and then disperse the water back into the fish, nice and fresh, oxygenates the water. And the only input you have is fish food. Now, some people might say, "Whoa, you know, you can, what if the store's closed and you can't go get fish food?" Well, there's a ton of things fish eat. Like you can grow all kinds of stuff that fish eat that are super super easy. Like it's you Bugs. can you could feed a fish um but that's <laughs> that's aquaponics yeah. and it worked and i had like in my aquaponics setup like here's my float beds this is where i was growing a bunch of lettuce in the float oh, beds that's awesome there's the root i mean nice and i'd already if you notice i'd already cut this lettuce once i grew it and i cut yeah. it and this wasn't seed lettuce this is store-bought romaine lettuce Really? You didn't so, have any issues with getting it to a root? No, because I cu we cut the store-bought romaine lettuce and ate it, and then I just threw it into um, the aquaponics, hmm. and this is the result of store-bought. It regrew, and it kept awesome. regrowing. It was cut and come again for, like, ever. We had lettuce for stinking days in this thing. Um, and then these are float beds. Um, these were next to the grow beds uh, with the hydrogen in them. So this is like herbs and you see some basil in there. You see some thyme. Mm -hmm. um, you see all that stuff. And all this was being grown indoors under grow yeah. lights in the dead middle of winter with fish. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm heading next is aquaponics because they do it everywhere. Uh, Disney, if you ever go to Disney World, uh, they have this really great ride there that shows how they raise all their own tilapia and they raise all their own, you know, they have like three or four different types of fish there. You can ask my wife, it is my favorite area of all of Epcot. <laughs> but you go on this ride, you hop on the little water boat, and it takes you through and it shows you here's all the different plants that we're growing and here's how we're using vertical gardening and here's how we're it's just innovative ways of gardening this is another example of innovative ways that's um it's renewable 
it's self-containing it's um you don't have to put a lot of work into it to make it keep running uh once you get the the structure built out for it uh you get your fish in there and you can put i mean you said goldfish but if there's certain kind of fish that you like to eat I yeah mean, they're constantly going to keep making more babies and they're going to yeah. constantly be making more whatever uh you could have an endless supply of fish as well yeah that, and that was like the next thing i was so. going to get into was like i started with goldfish because they were easy they were cheap um but depending yeah. on the area you live in like i live in a colder climate so obviously i you know having having like trout and stuff maybe trout having a warm fish isn't it wouldn't be good in my climate but having a cold fish like a white bass in there yeah um or a catfish or anything like that like you said you literally have an endless now you have a protein source like if you really yeah. wanted to get into this and you really liked fishing and all that you, you oh, have man. a protein source now that will constantly got... constantly provide for you um, speaking of protein source, I did just as this is a side topic for you, as you were talking about in the last podcast that you are working on, uh, chickens, you've got some chickens coming in. Yep. Um, I posted it in our discord under the, what did I call it? I think it was under the, um, chickens. I created a whole dedicated chicken section. Uh, but there is a great way to get renewable protein for your chickens. You can use the exact same renewable source for your fish as well in your in your aquaponics but um it's black soldier flies yep they just go in they crawl their way out they drop into a bucket you use that and you feed your chickens and then you don't have to go buy chicken food anymore because you're getting your protein um you know if they're free range they're going to go out and they're going to eat their their little pebbles and their grass and the little bugs that are around and and then they're going to get the protein that you're going to be giving them so yeah and then there's so many ways to just yeah and even if you don't want to, like, if black soldier fly larvae, like, gross you out, um, if you have a compost uh, pile yeah. and you just want to let the chickens go to town on your compost pile, they will find food in that compost pile. And they will aerate yep. it for you. They will turn it for you. They will do all kinds of stuff. I've seen 12 I saw- chickens turn a huge compost pile in a day. And it was like, oh, yep. my gosh. Uh, but some people, like, they can't have some places you can't have chickens or anything like that. Um, or compost or something or like compost. that. Yeah. It depends on your area. Um, it depend and it depends on, on how much work you want to do. Um, yeah. And that's, I guess that's another thing. It's like this stuff, it's not hard, but it does require some work. Like it requires yeah. some thinking and some planning and it does require work. This isn't like, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get your hands dirty on some of this stuff, which may be a new concept for some people, but for most people like that are like-minded like us and that are probably watching, um, they're not afraid of work. They're not afraid of getting this yeah. stuff done. I would say that, yes, the garden, we like quintupled size, the, the size of our garden this year. We went from a little like, what's that? Maybe 500 square foot garden last year to almost a 5,000 square foot garden this year. Um, wow. and, and like, just to give you a sense of like the size that we went from last year to this year, I mean, this is my wife recording me on the tractor. So the left side there is almost to the end edge of our property. And you see me tilling on the tractor and it just keeps on going. So we, we went pretty big on our garden. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic though. But Um, it it takes work. Like it takes work to do that stuff. I, I think one thing that people, um, don't realize though is i so 
I didn't used to be a big get your hands dirty work kind of guy. I used to be the video gamer that sat inside all day long playing video games. You know, I'd get done working, I'd get home, eat dinner, play with the family, play with the kids. It's like eight or nine o'clock, get on my video games and game until, you know, two, three in the morning, go to sleep, wake back up and do the same thing all day long every day. Um, you change. Like, yeah. you evolve, you get, I mean, and I could tell you there's times where Jamie didn't want to come outside and help garden and all that kind of stuff, but she'd yeah. come outside and end up being more therapeutic for her where like, I really like, you know, growing something and seeing it start from scratch and look at my babies. And, you know, she was talking about her, her vegetable or plant babies all the time, um, taking care of them, pruning them, like, look how awesome they look, but it's kind of like, a, I don't know, like a, um, what's the word I'm looking therapy. It's just a yeah. therapy of sort and yeah. you may end up liking what you're doing. So, you know, try something new this year as it's warming up and who knows, you might really yeah. like it and take and take, and we can even take, take the uh, prepper mindset out of it. Let's take the doom yeah. and gloom, solar flare, taking out technology, the world collapsing into crumbles. Like that, just take that out of the scenario. Just take that out and let's, let's go. It's always a good idea to grow something just grow something yeah. because, you know, as, and we, we kind of experienced this with COVID a little bit, right? We had supply chain issues that happened, you know, oh grocery gosh. stores, you know, some of the shelves were kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of empty. And even now you go in there and it's like the amount of, I remember when the produce section was huge and there was produce everywhere. Now mm -hmm. they've condensed it all down. Uh, and I think they did that on purpose because there's still issues with the supply chain and all these recalls and people killing chickens off and all these all these things that are happening in the in the farming area. They've yeah. condensed the produce stuff down so you don't have it doesn't look like there's empty shelves. But if you go to like the lettuces, there's like maybe that that rack is six feet long and there's like three or four racks of lettuce where that used to be like a whole section of itself. So or potatoes or potatoes. Uh, I remember like they used to have shelves of potatoes, bags of potatoes, red potatoes, yellow potatoes, white potatoes. Now you go there and you see like a handful of bags, maybe five or six bags. And yeah. two or three of them are like really moldy or not doing too well or um, and, gosh, and, that like drives me nuts. And the point and, and the point being that it's not even about like potential supply chain issues and food shortages and things like that. I mean, we hear all about that stuff all the time on the news and stuff, but just to grow your own food, like there is a, I mean, it tastes it better, tastes it's better, better for you nutritionally. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of when, when you're growing something and eating it yourself, it's more of a, a mental boost. You don't want to waste the food that you just spent the last three months growing, right? Growing. like I can't tell you how many times we, went and picked out cucumbers and like, we need to eat these cucumbers. Yeah. Whereas when you buy from the store, you get this mental mindset of, ah, oh, man, we didn't eat these cucumbers again and they're soggy or whatever, throw them away. It's like, well, no, they're starting to get bad. I need to clean them up and actually eat them. So let's cut them up and eat them. It's just a, a way different mindset when you are spending your own time and your own money to grow something. Uh, um, yeah. And you make a great, I mean, you make a great point with, um, with saving your food. Like I started, um, I started my journey in like gardening and all that stuff just by growing, um, herbs, like just by growing herbs. That's all I did because I like to cook. 
all right i like to cook and I, i'm you know I got, I got some italian in me right so i like to cook italian yeah. stuff i love my pastas i love my homemade my homemade um uh, sauces and things like that there is such a difference i mean basil is one of the easiest plants to grow you cannot screw up basil it is it is almost impossible to kill that plant yep if you if you if you just put it in the right environment like you can't kill basil okay growing your own fresh basil chopping that sucker up putting that in a in a sauce dressing that as a garnish over some over some italian pot oh it is so good compared to the dried crap that you get at the store dried oregano all those dried spices yeah they do add some they they add some elevation to the to the to the flavor profile but it's nothing compared to fresh and if you go to the store you can go to the store and you can buy fresh like a basil plant and you can do that i mean that's where i started i started by going to the store buying one of those basil plants and just letting it grow because you can cut basil just as you need it it'll keep on growing but then they have like they have their at the store i I laugh my rear end off they have like the uh, the fresh section that's like what looks like wet gelatin like basil in like this plastic thing i'm like i'm not putting that in my food (laughs) but And I don't know. It's just these things that there's so much you can do without getting into a huge garden or or building beds. I mean, just starting out. I guarantee if you start, if you like to cook and you start just growing your own windowsill um, herbs and you start using them in your food, you'll be that's all you'll want to do. That's all you want to use. And what's great about those windowsill ones, you could do that year round. And then you could scale that. Like, let's just say you start cooking a lot. You stop going out to eat. We, my wife went out to, we went out, went out to lunch today. We spent 60 bucks without tip. Yeah. 60 it's bucks. It's so, so easy. It's so easy to spend money going out to eat and food prices are going up. Like you're going to want to scale that. You're going to want to, okay, how can I grow more vegetables? I, and then, you know, you start getting into that stuff and then you're going to go, okay, instead of like, having store-bought X, Y, and Z, I want to grow my own cucumbers or tomatoes or stuff to make my own sauces. And then you get into that. And then you grow into like, oh, I got way too many tomatoes. How do I store this? Do I can them? Do I freeze dry them? Do I do this? And then you just scale into that. So two two things on that. One, go ahead and show my screen if you can. Yeah. Um, This last year when we did our garden, we grew, we, we didn't know what to do with all of it. So like, here's just a big Tupperware container that we had inside. And I was like, I really need to go pick these tomatoes because they're just growing. Like, I mean, this, this one tomato plant grew to be six feet wide and six feet tall. Like it was just slumping over because of so much weight. And you can see from the background of this picture, just all these green tomatoes. They're still there. Scaling. I mean, they're everywhere. And this was one pick, and I was out there probably every other day picking about this much tomatoes, tomatoes. off the plant. And that's, um, that's a good jalapenos, point. Jalapenos, like, everything. Like so, those it, little so ch- the two. Go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you, but those, those little ch- cherry tomatoes and stuff. The things you don't yeah. get at the store. The store only carries like a certain variety of of produce. Yeah. There is thousands of different variations of tomatoes out there that taste so good, yeah. but the stores don't carry them. Yeah. And you don't know, like you might, this is what we found as we've been growing more peppers, as we've been growing tomatoes, as we've, as we've been growing, whatever, um, we're realizing, oh, I really like orange peppers, orange bell peppers and yellow bell peppers rather than the greens or reds. But yeah. I've always just eaten greens and reds because they're always readily available. Uh, same with tomatoes. I thought I liked 
red cherry tomatoes. I really love these sunburst orange tomatoes. They have a much sweeter taste, uh, much more filling, flavorful, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the two things I wanted to bring up are one, learning to garden isn't an easy task. I mean, some things are easy to grow, you know, basil, parsley, you know, your herbs. Um, a lot of vegetables are very resistant to a lot of things. You could just plant it in the ground and you'll probably get something out of it. Um, but you'll want to learn. So I will get slightly into doom and gloom for just a second. You don't want to be in a scenario where you need to start growing and not know how to do it. Our first year growing peppers. Great point. I spent so much money. Like, and so if there was a scenario where like, oh crap, supplies chains are down. Like we can't get semis to get whatever. And you're like, I need to start growing peppers. I've got seeds. This is going to be easy. Unless, like, <coughs> unless you know what you're doing, unless you realize, oh, I hate watering. And after you water two or three times, I Jamie could tell you stories. This year, we will. I've got timers already. I've got all the pipes. I've got everything to do the plumbing around our garden. I don't want to touch another hose ever again. I want to plant my stuff. I want to set up my timers. I want to get my rain barrel set up and I never want to have to worry about watering ever again because the moment that you're having to like, if I don't get out there to water today, it's all going to die. That is a possibility. It gets to be hot days out there and yeah. it could just melt away. There's so many variables that come into play. You don't want to be learning how to garden right. when you need it. So yes. start with something basic. You don't have to do what we did and whoa <laughs> you don't have to do what we did with like three different beds or you know an acre of land and plant everything in its mother to just to just grow things just start off with a tomato plant and just take care of your baby and yeah. learn oh why am i not getting tomatoes oh it's because you have to prune well how do you prune i don't know when let's figure prune. it out yeah. when do you prune yeah. Do you cut it just in the morning? Do you do it during the day when it's hot and sunny? You know, those are the kind of things that I would love to talk about these kind of topics on yeah. this podcast. And, and, and I think that's where, you know, what's the title again, going back to our roots or whatever. Yeah. yeah. We want people to like call out, what do you do in this kind of scenario? Or what do you recommend for blank? We love going into detail on pretty much everything, but yeah. We don't know what people want and we'll we'll talk about whatever because we do what we do and we love doing everything. Um, but one, learning how to do it. And then two, um, to your point earlier about preserving, we were growing so much last year with cucumbers. Uh, I've got a picture up here as well if you want to sh show my screen. So this was like us learning about peppers and our peppers were always staying green. We got yellow and orange peppers. Why are they not changing? It's because green peppers take a while to change and transition to those oranges and yellows and that kind of stuff. We didn't know that. I just kept on picking it and I was mad because we had green peppers coming out of this plant that was supposed to be orange and I was just picking them too early. I just needed to yeah. let them sit for a little while. But when it comes to um, uh, cucumbers and tomatoes, they were coming out of our ears. That we is could not. Like this was one picking. We were picking every other day to every two days about this much every single time. That is a ton of 
<laughs> cucumbers. Sorry, I had to use the beep once. Yeah, no worries. And so these, I picked them too late. These are actually um, pickling cucumbers. Pickling cucumbers are bumpier on the outside. Uh, you're supposed to pick these when they're this size or smaller. You don't want them to be more than three inches in size. So when you go out to cucumbers, your first time growing cucumbers, and you're like, I want them to be big. I want them to be glorious. Don't get pickling cucumbers. Just do regular cucumbers. Like slicing cucumbers. Sure. Let them grow big. But once they start to grow big, they get less bumpy. They get smooth. They start to change colors where they're getting more white and flush. So they, they're they not going to taste as like a crisp cucumber when you go to bite into it. Because they're going, but, to, uh, they're going to seed, right? They're like prepping the seeds. They're taking all the nutrients and putting it into the seed. I think I just read something about cucumbers like that. If you let them go too long, it, they go to seed and they. It turns to mush. It, yeah, honestly, it just turns to mush. Where like the seeds aren't there, it's so watered down because they've they've absorbed so much water. Yeah. Um, they end up not going well. So like, we learned a lot of lessons on cucumbing, cute or pickling cucumbing? cucumbers last year, cucumbings. Um, but they were supposed to be tiny, and so we stopped picking them when they were ginormous, and we ended up getting a lot of pickles. At the same point in time, we really enjoyed larger pickles because we like just slicing them up and, or sorry, larger cucumbers because we like just slicing them into slices. So you start to figure out like, crap, I have a lot of these. What do I do with them? So preserving, you know, doing canning, uh, doing vinegar, fermenting, uh, how you store them. Do you store them in the fridge or do you store them in the dark or do you store them in the cool, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't know any of that stuff last year. And I've got all sorts of books now. I paid for classes like I'm going to be this pressure canner genius and I'm going to learn. all. It's a whole its own study of I, things. I like, everything into, is its own study. I want to try fermenting and get into fermenting uh, this year. But um, from <laughs> for those of you, listen, I'm going to just warn everybody. Don't listen to me. And here's why. <laughs> here's why you do not want to take. OK, take inspiration from me. Okay, because I am stubborn and hard-headed. And let me explain. Last okay, my gardening green thumb journey started with me growing some basil on a windowsill, and then I got into aquaponics and got knee deep into that. And then the garden that we did last year was like the first real like ah uh, planting outside, you know. So and of did, course you did it ginormously. You didn't we just like last year small. was ginormous. You everything. And did the garden fail? No, because we got tomatoes and stuff. Like the deer ate all my corn. I got zero corn from that. Um, we we did get some green beans, but I'm like, we should be getting more green beans than this. So did I not prune these? What, what did I do wrong? Our, our lettuces, you know, they did grow and we did some stuff on our deck, you know. But all in all, for the size of garden we, we did and and for what we actually got out of it it's not impressive and we we i planted a a a pumpkin like right next to like in that last i planted a pumpkin a couple pumpkin things in this uh last bed here to the left okay don't do that Mm -hmm. don't plant a pumpkin uh a viney thing like a pumpkin they're viney yeah okay because what happened by the end of the year i don't have pictures of it my wife does that pumpkin overtook this entire space. This entire yeah. space of mulch you see was nothing but pumpkin vines. So 
learned a lesson last year. And then, so I take all these lessons I learned, right? I'm like, okay, I've learned some lessons. Instead of going, let's try this again with like maybe a little bit bigger garden and we'll just try to move things around. No, I go and till up 5,000 square feet. I'm gonna try to plant this whole thing. Like I said, don't follow my lead. I am here to make mistakes so I can then share my mistakes with everybody else. I, I like that. I, you know, I can go off of that then. Um, but I think this channel is going to help both of us. So for your scenarios like that, what are some ways to keep deer away? Well, deer don't like certain types of flowers and deer don't like the smell of humans. So using like hair from your wife's hairbrush, you know, stuff like that keeps deer away. There's a lot of things you can do, but I think that's, what's nice about our channel and going back to the roots is, uh, you know, we learn all these different things. Um, yeah. Topic well, my, wise, my brother-in-law, so. he um, he's he hunts right, and he he does food plots. Ah, he, I really he, need to get into that. He plants soybean, right? I'm like, well, the door the deer love soybean. Um, I'm like, well, how do you keep the deer from not eating the soybean until you're ready to like let them eat it? And he goes, I put an electric fence around. I go, okay, well, you know deer can jump pretty high he goes no if you do this you you plant and this is electric fence is like one wire it's not like one of those poultry net fencing things he's got the simple horse electric fencing super cheap to do he 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 runs the perimeter with this fence and then three feet away from that he runs an outer perimeter and he gets it lower and he said that like the deer can't they have terrible depth perception and they just can't navigate those two wires so like one's oh. here and then one's like three feet away, a little bit lower, and the deer comes this way. And like they can't in their brains can't compute how to get through that and it keeps them out. And I looked at what it would cost. It was only cost me like 200 bucks to do this whole thing in those two wires of electric fence instead of like I'll, my first thought was, OK, I'm going to go get a six foot high. Like, at cattle what panels. height, though? I missed, um, I missed that part. The 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 inner wire is 30 is um, 36 inches high. Okay. The outer wire is 36 inches away from that and 18 inches off the ground. So there's two wires kind of like staggered, staggered, huh. staggered like that. It's, it's, I, I couldn't believe it, but he showed me pictures of his, of his, uh, soybean crop. Like none of it was touched by the deer. And then all he did was he just opened up a little, a little opening and the deer can go in. Yeah. And then his, that's how his kids got, he goes, I don't hunt that way, but I do it for the kids. So the kids can get a get a deer pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm going to take that and I'm going to try it in this big garden here because I have plans to do like the amount of corn that I have planned to plant in this freaking garden this year is insane because we love corn. We love to chuck well, it and all that stuff. I was going to say, start looking up ways on how you can shuck a lot of corn at once. When I was um, when you and I go up north for our timber class. Uh, well, I guess I'm going north. You're just, you know, moving I'm, over. I'm moving over. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've got some tools that they've used for all their acres of corn that they grow. Um, you can take some inspiration from that and how to like shuck corn quickly. Uh, I've seen some guys machines. do it with DeWalt drills, but I, I haven't, I haven't tried that. Um, oh, but there's well, gonna be a lot. Like we're just getting into growing season now, and I think as we progress along. You know, we'll talk about what we're planting, when we're planting, because that matters when you plant it, um, mm -hmm. why you're doing why we're doing certain plantings and why we're doing certain crops. Um, and as as this whole journey goes along through this entire season, I think we're going to have a lot of different updates, some learning experiences, some things like that on our gardens. I'm not an expert gardener. 
Um, and I'm doing a huge garden this year and I'm going to, I'm going to screw this thing up so bad. And I've just, I'm going into it with that mentality of I'm going to screw this up, but I'm doing it to learn. I'm really doing it to learn because in a, I, I do it and here's why I do it a for food, better food, things like that. Yeah. But also like if stuff really goes to hell in a handbasket, you know, I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. I hope I'm wrong. Nobody I hope we're ever wrong wants about that. all this. Nobody ever wants that. But if it does, yeah. not only will this huge now this huge garden feed me and my family, and we're only a family of three. Like technically, I don't need five thousand square foot. I need five hundred square feet to feed us three. You need fifteen, fifteen hundred, or sorry, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. That's what you need. Five hundred. It's five hundred per person. That's right. Um, yeah. I only needed a fifteen hundred square foot garden to like feed us all, but I wanted a super big garden. I wanted a super big garden for a couple of reasons. A, so that we not only have plenty of food, we can also have plenty of leftover food to store long term with the freeze drying and things like that. But if stuff does go downhill, I want to be able to to help my neighbor and help mm-hmm. the family across the street with kids. Like I want to be one of those preppers be that able to barter, be able to barters, yeah, and, but, but help has the mentality of helping other people because there's this thing in this community in the prepping community where like. You know, the, your your neighbors are going to come kill you for all your food. They're going to see that garden and just kind of want to take it all away. Like, okay, that's always a risk. But I really feel like if we as a society and as human beings automatically jump to the conclusion that when when hardship comes, that we automatically go to, like, zombie apocalypse mode and start killing other people for food and all that stuff like if we're if that's where we automatically jump to then we as a society aren't gonna last very long anyway because we're just gonna all kill each yeah. other we need more people that are willing and open to go listen in order for us to survive all this because i can't there's no way i can survive on my own like you can't as a prepper no matter how much you think that you're prepared i don't care if you've got a bunker you bought a missile silo and you're living in a bunker. Like if you are by yourself or it's just you and your family, you won't survive. You need community. There are skills that I have, but there are also skills that um, I don't have that other people have uh, that can lend to when stuff hits the fan, like you need community. And the best way I know to build community is to be generous. So in any case, I didn't want to get on that. I didn't want to get on that soapbox. No, I, I think it's a good a good piece, and I think um, that education or training others, like you're going to have certain skills that others won't have, so they're going to look for to you for help, and you're going to look to them for help. So yeah, it's a good aspect. Yeah, it's a good aspect. Um, but we've gone. I mean, we're at an hour and twelve. I, I can I can go for hours on this. Like I can keep going on this. Like I like this yeah. a lot better than talking about Trump getting indicted because of some porn star. Like, I love this stuff, you know? So we could just keep this rolling this way um, on Tuesday. Like, we can continue to talk about gardens. We can move into water. We can move into, you know, prepping. We can do whatever we want. Give us some topics. If you're listening to this, hop on Discord, hop on Facebook, hop on YouTube. We're pretty much everywhere now. Yep. Uh, Just go to any of them. Drop a comment with anything that you want to hear about and we would love to chat about it so yeah yeah but maybe i'll do uh, a poll out there on facebook or something (laughs) yeah yeah we can do a poll 
Um, but yeah, if you're on YouTube or whatever, you can leave a comment. Um, but if you are on YouTube, like, you know, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the business side of thing. Go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe to the channel and do whatever you need to do. But in any case, yes. guys, thanks for sticking around. We're going to be back on Tuesday. We're going to continue this conversation. Let us know what you guys would like to talk about. And we will dive deep into whatever, uh, whatever you guys want. So until Tuesday, I hope yeah. everybody has a great weekend. And we will see you next week. Have a good one, everybody. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Preppin' Patriots podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so at contact at preppinpatriots.stream. And finally, this episode was sponsored by nobody.